Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs in Cana, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic Conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined as always by my good friend, my pal from St. Agnes and Rockville Center, Frank Alasia. Hey, Frank, how's it going today? I'm doing great, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is good. Uh, the topic for today's conversation is miracles. Now, we know a miracle is a supernatural event, right? It surpasses all known human powers and is ascribed to a supernatural cause. And there's a few things we can discuss about this. But start us off, Frank, with, uh, first of all, why miracles? What's the purpose of them? God works miracles to show the workings of his grace. Uh, miracles are beyond the reach of nature, but not of the supernatural. And there, it, it's to show that there's more to the world that can be seen or known naturally. You know, God provides reasons for, for believing uh, by the miracles he performed and the miracles that the saints performed. Yeah. Now, the Vatican has certain criteria that must be met for a person to become a saint, uh, and that's fine, but uh, so what about that? What, what are the church's criteria for miracles? Yeah, they are interesting. Um, there has to be the absence of a curative agent, so no medicine can be involved for the cure. It has to be instantaneous, like a lightning bolt. Um, the third, re the third um, criteria, no need for convalescing. Like Once you're, right. you're, you're made whole, you're made whole. And the last is the irregularity of the method of healing. This means that the function is restored without the action of the organ, still incapable of accomplishing it. One of the famous miracles in that regard was Gemma DiGiorgio had no pupils and Padre Pio restored her sight and she still had no pupils, but could see clear. Now, it's interesting. So a, a person with an exceptional uh, reputation for holiness, right, becomes a, uh, granted is a, the title of servant of God, and then they're beatified, they become blessed, and, right. and, then, and then they move uh, to the next step. And then two miracles are required, right, for uh, to be canonized as a saint. Now, why is that? Yeah, there definitely are steps, but the process in choosing saints involves investigating the virtues of the person, the writings, the, the orthodoxy of the person. Another key thing is obedience. No obedience, no sainthood. Miracles are required because they confirm the church's judgment about the virtue or martyrdom of the servant of God. You know, there is a need for a divine sign. The church wants to see that. And it also confirms that the person is in heaven and can intercede for us. But it should be noted that uh, for martyrs, only one, uh, only one miracle is needed. And in the case of John Paul II and Mother Teresa, there's a five-year uh, waiting period. But in the case of the two of them, uh, that was waived. Okay. So uh, you've mentioned a couple of saints there. Now, we use the term miracle very loosely, right? Everything yeah. is a miracle, miracle whip, a miracle on ice. What mm -hmm. about the everyday so-called miracles, like getting through an operation, we're so relieved, or passing a difficult test, or getting a job, or kicking a habit. What about the distinction between those things and the miracles you've just described? Yeah, people use the term loosely, and and those are more those are graces 
those are God's providence. Like you say, people do use them all the time. Maybe in their mind, they 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 think that it, we always say that it's a miraculous, it's a ma- miraculous thing. But but those things are more uh, God's grace and God's providence. Yeah, I mean, we, look, we've known people have been so far down under the weight of drug addiction and alcoholism, right? Ruined, ruined their lives, and then to, at one point turned their life around through the grace of God. And we use the word miracle. There's nothing wrong with thinking of it that way, but it's right. the grace of God and his intercession. Now, in the Gospels, when Jesus heals, he uses those healings as an opportunity to teach about the spiritual healing he wants. So there's an, there's an event. It's a miracle. It's from God. But there's a lesson to it, too, right? Yeah, always. There's always that, that, that spiritual significance behind every miracle he performs. One of the great ones is the pool of Siloam. Jesus tells the man to go wash in that pool. Now, the pool of Siloam was across town a long ways away from where the man was. And he had mud and spittle in his eyes. And he had to make the long journey without yet being able to see. And that journey signifies the long night of faith through which we must pass in this world until we see God face to face. The washing in the pool when he gets there signifies baptism by which he's spiritually illuminated and the eyes of our soul, his soul was open so he could see, you know, divine truth through faith. So like I said, we, we say Jesus uses those kind of things, although whether it's hearing, whether it's seeing, there's always that that spiritual meaning behind it. Totally. And the catechism says that the signs worked by Jesus attest that the Father has sent them. He comes from God, is God. They invite our belief in him. And to those who turn to Jesus in faith, he grants them what they ask. So they strengthen the faith in the one who does the Father's works. Right. They bear witness that he's the Son of God, but they're not intended to satisfy people's curiosity or their desire for magic, right? So uh, you know, I mean, he always says to people, do you believe that I can do this? Yes, Lord. But he'd admonish people and say, don't tell anyone about this so that it's not misunderstood. Another aspect, too, about miracles in the Lord is that Thomas Jefferson, for one, he cut out with a razor all of the miracles in the Bible. Apparently, because of his scientific mind, he wanted to think of right. Jesus as a, as, a, as a great preacher or teacher, a moral leader. But you right. cannot separate uh, the, the, the divine nature of Jesus from his human nature, as some have done. No, there aren't rational miracles. Science and naturalism are not miraculous. And that's the distinction that we have to make as far as that goes. Uh, you got any other miracles that the church recognizes? Well, I'd like to talk about two, because 95% of the miracles are healings. But I have an example of one that's not. But the first one, um, the one that is not, I would like to mention, it's when Our Lady appeared to Juan Diego of Guadalupe, Mexico, and the local bishop didn't believe him, and he asked him for a sign. Now, Our Lady grew roses in a region where it was impossible to grow, and when Juan collected them in his tilma, which like is a poncho, when he released them in front of the bishop, there was an image of Our Lady on it, which scientists from NASA can't explain to this day. The colors of the tilma don't belong to any substance found on earth. Another example of that tilma is what a man believed to be a Freemason concealed this high powered bomb in a flower arrangement and the thing blew up and everything that any, everything around it naturally was destroyed except the tilma. And then 
the last the other miracle I want to talk about is the 70th miracle recognized by the church at Lourdes. Now, if I ask you, Deacon, or anybody out there listening, how many miracles you think were performed at Lourdes, right? Thousands every year. Oh, right? thousands. And there and probably are. But but these are the ones that that were that were, um, you know, uh, approved by the church. And I love St. Bernadette because St. Bernadette is so humble. And, and she one of the great things about her was when they when they would come to the convent looking for the woman who saw the nun who saw the Blessed Mother, it was her. And Bernadette would say, hold on, let me try to go find her. <laughs> and she never returned. Yeah. She didn't want the attention. <laughs> And it just so happens that the, the, the sister who was cured was Sister Bernadette Marieu. I hope I said that right in French. In 2008, she went to Lourdes in a wheelchair, crippled from spinal complications, and she never even asked for a miracle. But while praying, she felt this warm surge go through her body, you know. She said when she returned home that night, she heard a voice say to her, take off your braces. She took off her braces, walked, and never used a wheelchair again. Now, from the movie Song of Bernadette, I'd just like to wrap it up and say, for those who believe, no explanation is necessary. For those who do not believe, no explanation is possible. Amen, brother. I mean, you know, God made man. Jesus himself inhabits our humanity, which is the ultimate miracle. And if we believe in that, there's nothing wrong with believing in his ability to, to do miracles. Absolutely. Frank, I love you a lot. Folks, don't forget to, uh, to like us and follow us and send us an email at anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. Frank, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for this one. Thanks. God bless you.